Hey guys, just a couple updates. Sign up for our Discord channel if you haven't done so already. That's majordumamedia.com and there's a link to join our Discord. There are very, very funny things happening. There are great recipes. There's great how-tos. There's things just to consume culture. And me just doing this ad was probably going to get trolled by the very people that are in this Discord community. So it's a great companion to this podcast, to Recipe Club. Secondly, all things Momofuku, visit shop.momofuku for all your pantry items and our delicious air-dry noodles. We have tingly, we have spicy, and we have our soy and scallion. You can get those nationally at Target and at Whole Foods and a variety of other places. But if you are missing chili crunch, if you're missing our savory salts, you can load up. These are things that we developed in our lab that are now available for your home kitchen. And I'm just telling you one recipe that I just made. I cooked some tingly spiced noodles while that was cooking. I sauteed some frozen golf shrimp with some garlic, some olive oil, and I seasoned that with some savory salt. I added a little agave and a little chili crunch. I sauteed that together, and I just put that on top of the tingly noodles. It was a delicious lunch. Another thing that I made today, I just pan fried some eggs, and I put a a cover on the eggs so it can steam, so I don't have to flip the eggs, and I just garnish with some black truffle chili crunch. And another thing while I'm doing some promos, just wanted to shout out to my friends, Ghetto Gastro. I had some of their bagels recently. They did a pop-up at Courageous Bagels. They were blueberry. They're delicious. But one thing I've been making a lot with my son, Hugo, is their waffle mix. With their waffle maker, which is the Crux brand, you can get that at Target as well. It is by far and away the thing that my young son is most interested in, and it's something that he loves to cook with me. And they have delicious flavors for the waffle mix, but also the waffle maker itself is a lot of fun. This past couple months has been all out waffles at my house. And I wanted to shout out to the the Ghetto Gastro team because they got great products. We'll get on to the show. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. The Dave Chang Show, part of the Real Podcast Network, presented by Major Dilma Media. Thank you, Yola Tenu, as always. We have Noel and Chris joining me today, where we go, I won't say in-depth. It's me ranting about the pros and cons of In-N-Out. Now that I live in Southern California, I'm not lamenting. I just don't eat as much In-N-Out as I thought. I used to eat it all the time whenever I would visit Los Angeles or San Francisco, Daly City, or going to Las Vegas. I'd always get in and out, and now I almost never do. Mainly, I think it's for the time. There's a it's a big time commitment. It's also not that fast in the sense that, you know, I guess that is all the time. It's just whether you're there, it takes time, or the time to eat the burger, which is more or less maybe a, a delicious sandwich. Anyway, we have a fun conversation. Stay tuned for that. But just want to talk about a couple other things. I was at Parks Barbecue. Uh, recently, and I, I haven't really been back uh, in all in in LA. I've just been traveling so much. So when I'm here, want to go taste some things. Especially it's 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 peak summer right now. Whenever it's hot, the one thing I always want to eat is moon naengmyeon. And naengmyeon probably not the best time to describe it. I think there's a couple of things out online on streaming that might be able to talk about it way more comprehensively than me. But it was a dish that my father grew up eating. 
Moon Mangman is a mixture of a variety of things. There's a North Korean, it's mainly North Korean. Then there's a couple versions of Moon Mangman, but the one that you can get in, say, a, a Korean restaurant that serves Korean barbecue, the noodles are usually buckwheat based with some arrowroot. Um, I'm getting, I'm giving you some basic parameters, and how it's made is not easy. So not many restaurants make homemade Nengmen noodles because you, they're just very difficult to make. But I've been watching Jenny and the team at Parks uh, on their social media feed. And once I saw that they were making, I didn't know that they were making their noodles from scratch. I had to go because it was a hot day. My wife loves, loves Nengmen. It's either Bibi Nengmen or Moon Nengmen. And there's a couple varieties, but you know, it's, it's, it's served ice cold. Oftentimes it's served with a side of mustard or vinegar. And they'll tell you if you want to cut your noodles with scissors because the noodles are extremely chewy. My father hated cutting the noodles, but that's the thing is, you know, if you're a real OG at Ningmian, you never get the noodles cut. But, you know, as we were sharing it, it was probably easier because it's a commitment. If you're, it's just something that if you see someone eat, you, you understand why you don't want the noodles cut. And it's usually served with a slice of, I would say beef brisket or very lean beef with some mul kimchi, radish, sometimes cucumbers. There's usually a half a hard-boiled egg on top. Modern Ningmen is, is, is different to me. LA modern Ningmen is a very different thing. And it's served at a few places, but it's, to me, really sweet. And I still think it's delicious. And I still love it. And I love the, the, the broth that Ningmen comes in. It is, without a doubt, the dish that I've probably eaten the most with my father when he was alive. Even when I was younger, he'd go out of his way to eat nengmen. He would even eat in the wintertime because that's the only thing flavorful he could have even in the winter when he grew up in what is now North Korea. And I, I'd have to say it's probably not uh, Korean food 101. Um, I don't know many people that love it because I think having the idea of a pickled beef consomme soup with chewy noodles isn't everyone's cup of tea. But I, I think everyone should try it. Because it's, it's just so delicious. And I, I want people to eat more mooning than I want people to understand it outside of the Korean community. Because oftentimes when you're eating Korean barbecue, it doesn't make much sense. But you get it after you eat your kalbi or your samgyeopsal, the pork or whatever, right? So in terms of the progression of how I like to order, uh, so let's say if I go to parks, you know, you order your, your whatever meat you want to grill, I would get maybe some gerangjim, which is the, the egg custard that's a little bit similar to chawan mushi. I might get a chapche. I might get a, a jeon, like a kimchi jeon or some kind of pajeon, like a, a, an onion pancake. So you have things in, to nibble on that isn't the banchan, the, the sort of the side dishes that hit your table. So you want to order that and they'll probably drop that simultaneously as the banchan gets dropped because what I love about eating Korean food, not all Korean restaurants, but Korean restaurants where you can get naengmyeon is it's like a blitzkrieg effect, man. You're just getting dropped food left and right, and there's no way you're eating over an hour. It's an under-hour proposition. Then I, I would order a jjigae of some sort, daengjang jjigae, which is the Korean fermented soybean. But what Parks has that I love so much that I do think is one of the very best dishes, if not the best dish in all of Los Angeles, because it's the best rendition of a dish I've actually only had it until like maybe 10 years ago because I didn't grow up eating gochujang jjigae. I don't know who's created it. I don't know where it is, but I've seen it in a few places. I never saw it in Korea, but my first gochujang jjigae, which is gochujang with beef and maybe some rice cakes and some vegetables, is at Park's Barbecue. And I, I think this is a phenomenal dish. I know I wanted to talk about naengmyeon, but I want to talk about the gochujang jjigae as well. What it gets under underrated at a lot of Korean barbecue spots are all the soups and stews and the tangs, right? A tang is like a clear broth. A jjigae is more of like a stew. Uh, you won't see jonggul. Jonggul is a little bit more like a hot pot type of thing, but you know, there's exceptions to the rule, but a jjigae is something that is a hearty like stew, a little bit thicker and a tang, anything that ends in T-A-N-G is more of a broth that is extremely delicious. They're base broth at a lot of Korean barbecue restaurants are extremely delicious because of all the scraps, all the meat scraps. It gets turned into these delicious soups, which is why a lot of Korean barbecue shops have naengmyeon because you're going to have this broth and you can mix it with uh, some kind of kimchi liquid. Usually it's a mul kimchi or um, a dongchimi type of thing. It's like a, a clean 
light, effervescent Korean pickle that's not spicy. Sometimes you might add that uh, 7-Up or Sprite to make it a little bit more effervescent in its sweetness, but the broth itself, naengmyeon broth, when it's chilled, is delicious. Uh, It's got a little bit of everything. So anyway, I I just wanted to give a shout out to Parks because they always take good care of us. It was delicious. And um, I would love to see people eating more moonengmyeon. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about in the pod today with Noel and Chris. We're going to go into some kind of crazy topic of in and out because I have some widely uninformed ideas and thoughts about in and out. Uh, none of this is to say that I don't love in and out. I do. I just, you know, it's fun to parse things out in a different way every once in a while. So anyway, I'll shut up, let you get into our conversation. All right, we are joined with Noel and Chris. Long time no talk. You guys haven't been on in a while, but we're here. Mm. Yeah. It took me a minute to remember how to even set myself up for this. So it's nice seeing you guys again on a microphone Zoom. Can I just say, I know you said you have a husky voice. It sounds very Kathleen Turner. I was going to say, Noel, it seems like since we last spoke to you, you went and got one of those voice altering surgeries to sound breathy and... Sounds so. It's, it sounds. It sounds it's like awesome. Every other hour thing, you know. We'll see how this this hour goes. Listen, whatever they did, it sounds great. Hey, thanks, guys. <laughs> so I have Noel and Chris. They've been traveling. They've been all over the place. But the one thing that I know that they always want to eat whenever they're back is In and Out. And they're born and bred Southern Californians. And I have a I have a hot take. It's not even a hot take. What what are we going to call this, Chris Yang? We're going to call this. What's good? What's good? <laughs> I don't know if what's good works, man. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I think just let it settle in because what is good? What does good even mean? And is is the thing we're talking about any good? Well, I, it got me thinking that I've been here in California now for several months over almost a couple years. And every time I would come to California when I lived in New York, and this is, goes all the way back when my brother first mentioned In-N-Out when I was a wee little lad. And there was this mythical place called In-N-Out that only was in Southern California. You couldn't get anywhere else. And it was the best hamburger in the world. You would hear these things from the East Coast, that Southern California was not only blessed with great weather and, and et cetera, and what other, I don't even know what else other than good weather and earthquakes was, it was the land of hamburgers by in and out. And I literally would hear this thing. Uh, I felt like dumb and dumber, but instead of Aspen, it was LA and hamburgers that it was the best unequivocally. It was the best. And you would hear from people that would come back from the West coast and say, this place called in and out, there's nothing like it. It's the best. And it got me thinking that I don't think it is the best. I love In-N-Out. It's not a surprise. I'm going to just say I love In-N-Out. But now that I live here, I've eaten in here twice. I've eaten that In-N-Out twice. And it's not something that I crave anymore. It's not something that I want. And I have a lot of feelings about In-N-Out, a lot of mixed feelings about In-N-Out. And I'm pretty sure you two locals don't agree with anything I'm about to say about In-N-Out. I'm I'm actually curious, and I, I really am curious about your hot takes, but even before that, you were saying that you've just eaten in and out twice before or since being in LA or living in LA. And do you think that that's because it's almost too accessible to you and that there are so many other things that you're exploring right now? Or is no. it just because you, you know, there's something about in and out? I don't think in and out is all that it's cracked up to be. And I have said before that I think that it is a good sandwich, not really a burger. It is probably the best example of marketing of FOMO and, quote, freshness uh, possible, right? It's, it's a cult. I just don't know if it's as good as I once thought it was to be. Do I still love it? Yes. But I, I'm just basically trying to parse out, like, maybe it's overrated. Hmm. Mm. Well, I think that's an interesting question. I think we should do away for the for the sake of the discussion today, because everyone wants to be like, what about In-N-Out versus Shake Shack, In-N-Out versus Five Guys, In-N-Out versus whatever. I think we should operate in a vacuum and discuss whether or not In-N-Out is good and start with what you said. In-N-Out is a, is a burger chain. 
Do you think it's a good burger? Oh, it's not even that. I just, this whole idea, Chris, we talk about what is good, right? And it's causing me to reevaluate everything. And in, 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 it's not like revisionist history by any means. It's just simply, do I crave in and out like I used to crave in and out? When I would land, I would literally think about, oh, I got to get to the in and out that's at LAX. Or if I was leaving, I'd always go to the uh, in and out on the way to LAX. Or if I was in San Francisco, there's one in and out that's on the outskirts of town, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Daily City. And it, was, it was either that or um, Koi Palace, right? Those would be your two options at SFO. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when in Las Vegas, every time I'd land in Las Vegas, there's an in and out and I would go or I'd get something, you know, one of my friends would come back with like 50 fucking hamburgers. I, I just want to like parse this out very carefully because I don't want this to be this asinine argument. Or it was like in and out overrated. That's not what you're saying. Clearly, it is a beloved institution. It's fantastic. I love in and out. I'm just wondering why I love it. That's what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of questions about in and out because if you did a blind taste test, if you just started a burger franchise today, that was in and out like McDowell's in, in coming to America. I don't think you know, out and in, let's just call it, out and in would be successful. Mm-hmm. Part of it is the <laughs> cult, all right? Of, out, you know, in and out, if I started out at and in, it wouldn't work as well because of all this nostalgia, all this Proustian moments that people have had, all the Southern California, California mumbo jumbo, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, the mumbo jumbo to be seen. But I think what you're getting at is it's not just about the burger, right? Like, I think In-N-Out is more of an experience through and through. I feel like each and every part of that makes In-N-Out special, right? I, As a standalone burger, I think we can all agree. It's like, it's good. Is it amazing? Is it the best burger I've ever, ever tasted? Huh, to be seen. You used, you know, you used the word love, Dave. <laughs> You know, don't, do, do, do you love in and out love? So let's think about this in terms of love, right? Let's actually think about this is this well, is, what lo- I'm, this lo- is love, love, <laughs> like as in a, a Christopher Nolan film, Interstellar. <laughs> that sees through time and space that can like transcend a, the, <laughs> a black hole. Yeah. Yes. Now, that so kind well, of love, yes. the kind of love I think that you're talking about is I've got a new partner. I've got a girlfriend that you've never met before. And I'm like, how you're going to I love her. You're going to love her. Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, I'm sorry it didn't work out. I got a new girlfriend. That's not even friend. a Freudian slip. That is that is desire by Chris. <laughs> I'm just fantasizing live on, live on the Dave Chang show. My buddy Dave is moving to California. Oh my god, I'm so excited, man! You're gonna get to meet you're gonna get to meet the love of my life. You're gonna get to meet In and Out, and you're like, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Listen, there are. You know what it is? What I feel like? Maybe this is a better comp. Like uh, small, small, small town attractive or small town athletic, <laughs> right? And you move to the fucking New York City and you're like, well, you know, or you move or you're like super athletic in high school and then you get to D1 and you're not the fastest, right. smartest, whatever, whatever. You're just like everything else. I just don't think now that I live here in and out stands head and shoulders above everything else. Southern California to me and it's not just hamburgers, is literally the land of fast food. Every kind of fast food you would want because of drive through and because of cars, we don't have to go through the Ray Kroc bullshit, but it's just unbelievable. And for hamburgers, if you're just talking about burgers, excluding Shake Shack, this is burger mecca, fast yeah. food burger mecca. There's no place that even comes close. Off the top of my head, you got Habit Grill, you got uh, Fat Burger, which is underrated. Five, five guys. You, have, you got five guys, which is the East Coast DC operation. You got um, Carl's Jr. You got what's the other one? <laughs> Wendy's Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. There it is. Jack in the Box. Mm-hmm. All of which honestly have good burgers, good hamburgers, but they do all kinds of other stuff like sell taquitos and other <laughs> things, you know? Uh-huh. Jalapeno mm-hmm. poppers. This is not what In-N-Out does. In-N-Out is, is like orthodoxy. It is as old school and very simple as they come. There's something nostalgic about it. But from a burger perspective, they're all sort of good burgers. And we're not going to talk about the ethicalness of it all. Like, this is not the conversation for them. I'm just saying, like, if you want a, a good burger, 
I'm not thinking in and out is a good burger. in and out is a good, when I say sandwich, I'm not trying to say is a hot dog a sandwich. It is a, is a, the sum are greater than its parts type of thing. And number one for me, in terms of why I question in and out is that it's not good delivered and it is not good eaten outside of a five minute window. It's fucking mm. terrible. Mm. And that is mainly because of the construction of it, which makes it so delicious. I think to me, an In-N-Out burger, what makes it fantastic is the juxtaposition. And yeah, I'm using that big fancy fucking word for the combination of textural contrast between the perfect iceberg lettuce. It's always super crispy. It has maybe the best hothouse tomato you could possibly find. You know, in a soft bun and you got the burger, you have the special sauce, you can get the griddle onions. But when it's all said and done, that iceberg acts like a BLT type of thing, that crisp. I'm not eating the BLT because it's perfect. You know, it's a it's a vehicle for mayonnaise and all the and, and fat and all these other things, but it's the texture that gets me. You also, because of the coolness of the vegetables, and if it's really piping hot, I love that temperature contrast. And at the end of the day, a hamburger, much like a pizza, if you listen to the conversation we had with Wiley Dufresne, a pizza's beloved because it's basically an umami bomb. And it's a vehicle for umami. Same thing with a hamburger, whether people realize it or not. And it's, it's, it's sloppy. It's very saucy. It's very wet. And it just sort of disintegrates after five minutes. Yeah, five, ten minutes, right? Because it's wrapped in the paper. So I don't understand. And number two, it's not fast food at all. There's nothing fucking ever fast about in and out Minimum 40 minutes. It's like long and slow should be the fucking name. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's, part of the slow, it's part of the slow food movement. Yeah. Waiting, <laughs> waiting in a queue should be its tagline. <laughs> and I'm going to say the only time in and out is ever empty is when it opens up at 10 30 because i drive past it now every day and i'm always wondering to myself should i just do it mm-hmm. but who eats a fucking hamburger at 10 30 in the morning except for like people that are on the graveyard shift coming home or <laughs> just psychopaths nobody yeah. eats a burger <laughs> no, i mean well, yeah sure i want to parse this out because you're bringing up a few different things and the first i think is a big one which is the in and out isn't good after five minutes. And I think In-N-Out wants you to know that and also wants you to know that you're dumb if you don't understand that. Because if you think about it, like the options when you take it to go are either in, you either say it's to go or it's for your car. And the difference being you get your food in a bag versus in a cardboard tray if you're going through the drive-thru. And it's almost like I feel as though for anyone that's getting it in a bag, you're basically being duped because not only do does in and out know you're not going to eat it right away. They want you to have like the worst version humanly possible of it. Your burger's just steaming in there. It's in the paper. It just gets moist after a while. And so it's almost one of those things where like in and out I think, rewards people for either eating it there or taking it in their car, but that's pretty much it. Like they know, they know well, what they're doing. Well, these instructions must clearly be off the fucking menu, special type <laughs> shit. Okay, <laughs> because if I buy food and it's in a fucking bag or to go, where am I parking the car? In the you parking lot. No, you can't, because there's fucking a queue of cars that want you out of there. You can't fucking park in the parking lot. That's bullshit, Noel. At this the DSW fucking, across the street. Fake, Fake news. Nobody stops, right? It's really the art of driving and eating simultaneously. And that's dangerous. Dave Chang cannot endorse that. <laughs> <laughs> eating an In-N-Out burger while driving is one of the most dangerous activities a human can engage in, honestly. So dangerous. It's very difficult. So really, what we should be asking is, what is the percentage of accidents, vehicular accidents, <laughs> that eating In-N-Out burgers has caused in the history of of uh, of West Coast states. I think it's got to be considerable. And they're usually by freeways, right? That's the whole thing with fast food. It's like mm-hmm. buy a freeway on ramp, off ramp, right? So like mm-hmm. I'm always eating it while merging. And I got to say, I'm pretty close to killing a lot of people. <laughs> <with this laughs> fucking but no, I'm bad. serious. It's like, no, no, in, in theory, right? It's, it's how many people read the instructions before assembling something? Some people do. I don't. Chris Yang, do you? 
No. How many people, you know, get their food when they're doing drive through and then decide to find a vacant lot that's close by adjacent and then eat it like a civilized human being? I gotta Doesn't say, that's kind of crazy. I think it's a crazy yeah. thing to do. If you do that, you're like kind of crazy. <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, yeah, it, it's these are the same people that like, you know, they're like Dexter. They're, they're like serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting what you say about the In-N-Out Burger because you think about the construction of an In-N-Out Burger and other fast food burgers. Like In-N-Out had a lawsuit with DoorDash because they didn't want their burgers delivered because they know it's not good delivered. And other burgers don't rely on crisp iceberg no, lettuce. No, you want the steam. And you guys may be too young to remember McDonald's going ham on this many years ago in the mid-80s with the McDLT. Two sit two different sides. It was a, a hamburger box where the bun, lettuce, onions, tomato were separate. Mm. And then you would mm. put them together. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> it was genius. I don't know what went wrong there. I thought it was brilliant. Because otherwise it's going to steam and you can't get the crispiness. So the mere fact of the construction of the in and out burger makes it impossible, right? It is, it is, it has to be enjoyed in the moment. Okay. Again. I didn't get that off the fucking menu animal style fucking special that you're supposed to find an adjacent. Is there some kind of permit to eat a goddamn hamburger in your car adjacent to in and out? Because it doesn't fucking exist. Right. They've got a license with the DSW. So, uh, I try to do it like a sensible, responsible human being. You drive your 10 to 15 minutes to your humble abode and then you eat it in the fucking driveway. <laughs> so you don't even get you don't even make it to the car. You know, the kitchen. You eat it in the fucking driveway. So that's that's score one for the for the the column of what you said at the beginning. In and out is not what you what we think it is. It is not fast food. Slow and long. <laughs> it it just be called in and much later out. It's also, but again, and I'm not trying to not talk about the positives. The slow and long is also amazing what they do. They are, have been extremely innovative in getting your order well in advance, right? It doesn't even have to be high tech, which they now have. If you go to some certain ramen shops in Tokyo where it's a three hour queue, they take your order like two hours into mm -hmm. the wait and you have like another hour and a half. And it's amazing. You sit down and your order's there. I don't know how it happens. So it's not like <laughs> you need the technology. Right? You're talking about the 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 uniformed in and out employee who comes out and takes orders from the drive through line. Is that what you're talking about? Blew me, blow, blow, blew me away. Wonderful. Wonderful. Right? So, so now you're committed. I think part of that reason is they want your fucking money and they're like, there's no backing out now. Right. So they get you so early on on the line <laughs> that you're, you can't like bag out. Right? You're, you're stuck. Yeah, you're not even sure if you want to be at in and out yet, and they're already taking it. It's your a order. long play, long booby trap. <laughs> uh huh. You know, they you get they get your money first, and then you wait. But it's amazing. They're really good at the queue. They're extremely efficient and effective. And I am jealous of their business. I love the in and out model. I study it so much. And really, this is me just talking about the pros and the cons of in and out and why I think. Uh, out and in, if I was going to create a competitor, would fail miserably. <laughs> <laughs> so what, I mean, you you also give them credit. So in, in general, as like a, 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 is it even marketing? What would you call this? Like, they're, no. they're like messaging, branding. I, I, I have a, I had organized notes on this. It's all gone, gone out of order already. <laughs> <laughs> because this, I want to get to the central crux. It is my belief, whether it is backed or not, that I think in and out is behind its sort of family facade and 1950s nostalgia and, you know, freshness motif. You, you have people like Sam Hankey, the former general manager of the 76ers, or you have people like Billy Bean, or you have basically McKinsey. It wouldn't be a surprise that this whole family front for In-N-Out is really just a front for McKinsey Consulting. And <laughs> because it's, 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 it's like Sabermetrics, Moneyball data. I think it's a data-driven operation. Everything about it makes it seem like it's not, which makes me feel that in and out is all about crunching data and selling you something that doesn't necessarily align with who they are. There is a, there is a certain element of in and out as like if the if there was a fast food restaurant inside the matrix, it would be in and out. Like it's it's perfectly designed. It is perfectly designed. And and why it is I think I think I'm right on this is they have certain inefficiencies in their operation 
hmm. that are are there uh, because like there's a reason for right. that. Right. Everything has a reason at In and Out. That's what makes me believe that it's run by like you know Rehoboam or whatever that Westworld season three supercomputer type of well, thing. <laughs> well, let's talk about the biggest inefficiency of all of them at In and Out: the the French fries. Do you the think French that's fries. you're saying that that's a purposeful thing? Even back that up, I think that they have some kind of like you know twenty. I don't know how many you know doctorate fellows they have on uh, on human psychology because they have literally mastered the idea of a cue and what uh-huh. that does. They, they know that dum-dums want to line up behind somebody. <laughs> right. They just knew it. They know the power of a cue. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck this is, but somebody's <laughs> half, waiting. Half the, half the people lined up at In-N-Out are just paid actors by the In-N-Out Corporation. Wouldn't, <laughs> be, wouldn't it be the worst thing? Good idea. I know people have done it. So that to me is interesting is like the cue creates the cue. There's just some human phenomenon where they're drawn to it like moss to a flame. I don't right. understand it, but if you see a bunch of fucking cars in line and you see that and you're like, well, that's going to be 90 minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like the micro version of the macro thing you were talking about before. It's like in and outs only in these five states. So we're going to create a legend on the East Coast. So these guys, when they come and out here, have to eat here. Giant cues. What they should be uh, like win a Nobel Prize for traffic cone architecture for the lineup of cars. I don't know how they do it. It, it is like extremely <laughs> efficient in how they get cars to go every possible way, you know, like maximizing as many fucking cars as humanly possible in this mm-hmm. fucking parking lot mm-hmm. to get into this fucking line. Truly, that alone should be all the reason why they have some kind of genius computer. Is they lay, they've laid out the car queue in a way that is just beyond efficient. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's not really, there's so many other things to me, right? It is the, the, these layups. There's a reason why. I think they have a deep understanding of human nature, mm. better than most, which I think at the end of the day is the power of marketing. You have to be able to empathize, you have to be able to lay a trap because that's what marketing is, people. It's a fucking trap. How do I get your fucking trap? Oh my God. How do I get a trap? How Uh do I buy something that I don't know if I fucking actually need it? Yeah. How are you being trapped in and out? How do I wait in line 90 minutes and want when they want to do that? Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. No bullshit. I think they do apply some kind of data-driven stuff. Number one, in my my prosecution of out and in, is <laughs> is the fucking the French fry, right? Which again is tied into a variety of things. Number one, every in and out is the same. That consistency is admirable. It's unbelievable. Even how they sell their T-shirts and their bathrooms, everything is the same. I've spent hours in in and out watching, observing, because I want to know their secret sauce. It's unbelievable what they do. Everything is consistent. And having tried to scale restaurants before, you want everything to be the same. So your SOP, standard operating procedure, is the same. That is like the holy grail of rubber stamping a standard operating procedure. Because you can go to a lot of different places, Chick-fil-A's, McDonald's, whatever the fuck, and the layouts will ultimately be different. The layout in, in and out is always the same. The French fry is always right to the far left around like 11 o'clock to you if you're facing the cashier. And they're always just hand cranking these looking potatoes. Fry fry cutters, yeah. And I've talked about this. A lot of people have talked about it before. If you prove to me that uh, 
If you say, oh, I love the French fries at In-N-Out. They're unbelievably good. It's okay to say that, but it's not backed on any kind of empirical evidence other than your belief, which is akin to a religion. I'm never going to question someone's faith, but don't tell me this is empirically a better fucking French fry than, say, a frozen fry or anything like that. Because, unfortunately, science is on my fucking side because how... How many times a year are potatoes harvested, Chris? Once a year. Is it, is it a annual thing? Does it happen every fucking <laughs> Just once, month? Once on potato day. Do you think there are people out there that know the, 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 the storage date or the harvest date on these potatoes at In-N-Out? Because <laughs> no, so theoretically why? speaking, when would a potato be good? For, like when, when would a potato be good? A new After potato or old potato? An old potato. Why is that? The starches have... What happens to starches after they've aged in the potato? Yeah. yeah. They they develop starch, right? It just mm-hmm. it starts it just develops starch. So so now let's think about this. So they probably own the potato farms or they own the logistics or they own the warehouse. But now you're talking about storing fucking potatoes. Highly inefficient. Mm-hmm. That's a pain in the ass to do when you could process the fries, recon like, you know, like a McDonald's French fry, which is basically a frozen puree of potatoes with a bunch of other stabilizers delicious shit right but they're packed <laughs> you know a box of fucking like fast food peer group french fries is probably the equivalent of like 20 you know 20x the actual amount of fries in terms of the same size of raw potatoes that they get Got at it. in and out something like that so just inefficient all around why would they continue to do that because they're selling they're selling you a fake dream of, mm. of, of freshness it is a marketing loss leader. Because we are every time we walk in the door and step up to the counter, I'm seeing them push potatoes through the thing. Nobody sells freshness better than in and out. Mm. I'm a, it's amazing what they do. They sell freshness better than anyone. They sell freshness that makes you believe a hothouse tomato is the best fucking tomato in the world. They sell freshness like their iceberg is so crisp. It's so, it's, it's like so succulent. How the fuck is that possible? But the potato is what ties it all together. And the potato is, um, you know, it, it, it is that theory that I, if, if I need to uh, escape a bear, I don't have to be the fastest person. I just need to be faster than someone else, right? Uh-huh. That's basically it. It is just like making everything else looking better. So what you're saying is that in and out, knows that their fries are not the best and that doing fresh potatoes is not the best way to make a french fry it's literally like saying how do we not know in america that we have a fucking mass shooting gun problem (laughs) (laughs) right it's clear as day that that processing your fries and freezing them first is better and they choose not to despite the fact that it's more inefficient the data is overwhelming to them Uh that their entire ecosystem works by selling an inferior fry that's slower, that is, <laughs> takes up more space. I'm sure, yeah, quote unquote, it probably makes money for them because it's just whatever. But they could be making more. Mm-hmm. They, choose, they choose to leave this thing here to fool everybody. Interesting. And mm-hmm. anybody that says they like the fry, that's okay. I choose not to believe your religion. <laughs> but do you think that they're, okay, all right, Noel. Mm. What do you think about the fries at In-N-Out? I don't think that they're good, but I also think that they're one of those like ne- necessities. Like I, I just don't think that you can eat the burger without the fries. But inherently, like it's nice to have the fries. So whether or not they're good, eh, but Dave, you got do it. you think if suddenly tomorrow, In-N-Out started serving pre-frozen, pre-better fries, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. They would do worse business. It throws the whole equilibrium off. It's like genetic algorithms, something I know nothing about. But I do, I do know talking to smart people that you can't always like produce a good result by breeding the best of the best of the best of the best. You need to do good with bad in a variety of gen- generations, et cetera. I feel like if you change that, everything would fall apart. In and out would cease to exist as we know it. <laughs> this is literally like a CRISPR problem. <laughs> Can you remove the French fry DNA from In-N-Out and replace it with no, crispier fries? No, think about that. It is not even about the fry. It's everything else. The whole thing is about the visual. They, they are the masters of FOMO. They are the masters of slowing things down. They're like 
so they're moving like matrix slow motion with bullets in terms of how they want the audience, their customers to react to certain things. Everything is intentional there. Because every time you see them crushing a potato in their extruder at In-N-Out, you are reminded that the other places don't do that. Well, if we're going with that (laughs) fucking logic, why aren't they grounding the beef? (laughs) That's a bridge too far. Why aren't That's they grinding too far? Why aren't they? You know what I mean? It's like it's fucking crazy. Why aren't they showing chop? You know, it, it's they are doing everything there. That's what makes it amazing. They specifically showing the t- potatoes. And here's the funny thing: I could be totally wrong. I don't care. <laughs> it's what I choose to believe in. I'm the problem. <laughs> I'm the captain now. I'm the captain now. Uh-huh. Do, is the problem solved in and out by ordering well done fries? So they're crispier. No, that's a whole nother problem. Now that all of this illusion of choice that you can order stuff it is intentional. In all of their fucking, uh, the mechanisms they have to make their food, they have this small little Mattel toy box poster <laughs> oven. <laughs> what are you talking about? Wait, wait, wait. What toaster? Right next, oh. if you look to your left, right next to the drive through window, there's right there next to the, 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 the mm. you know, literally, it would probably be a uh, night and then, uh, like 9.30 on, on the time mm-hmm. if you're looking directly the, the at the The world's tiniest salamander thing, basically. Yeah. Like the single and, and that's another thing. I've learned to never order anything in and out because now everyone's like, well, you, you, the fries are better if you get them well done or they're better if you got to get them in and out style. I'm like, uh, you got to get them animal style. I'm like, okay. Yeah, they're tastier. But like, you're not eating the fries because they're inherently good. You're eating them to eat cheese and onions <laughs> and everything else. They're just a vehicle. Right. Mm. And my empirical study shows that if you do a modification to your fries, your meal will take 400 times longer. Yeah. They, anything <laughs> that's on a fry, they're just, they're just making you wait. They're letting you suffer. And the longer you wait, the more th- you're going to think it's more delicious. And they slow the process down to, again, make it seem like they're customizing. They're cooking it for you. Oh. They're not doing shit. They're just putting <laughs> cheese on it. Oh, this is what you're saying. Oven. The toaster oven. Okay, so this is another thing you're saying is the little tiny, if, you, if, if you've ever ordered your fries cheesy style or animal style, you see them take a, bo- take a little tub of fries, put two slices of cheese on it, and then stick it into the metal box. But like, that's what you're talking about. It's right next to the counter. It can only see fit it two trays of fries. <laughs> Tops, for, two for a fucking trays. You don't think one of the most valuable companies in the world, right? <laughs> this fucking company had figured out before anybody else how to do like, even, I think they even probably on the satellites for the fucking goddamn remote cash register they have for, you know, drive through They can get you a uh-huh. hundred cars before. And you're telling me they can't figure out a better fucking system <laughs> to toast your goddamn cheese? Right. They can't afford a bigger oven to put the fries in. Like, that's not the problem. Interesting. That one seems very legit. That seems very legit that they have this tiny oven that you can only do one set of fries at a time just to show us. Maybe not as legit as this rumor I just started. <laughs> oh, God. oh my God! Seems that should never be uttered. What's in and out, in and in and out, has their own satellites out in the world, out, 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 out in outer space. <laughs> Doing what? Communicating between the oh, between the person in the uniform taking the order and the front desk. Yeah, that makes a yeah. lot of sense. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Of course, of course. <laughs> Uh, um, all right. So does that does all of that mean that I mean what else you got? Other inefficiencies in the in and out system? Does that make them not good or does that make them great? It makes them fucking geniuses that I'm angry <laughs> that I can't do this shit. <laughs> they have a mastery of hum- like the human psyche, like nobody I've ever fucking come across. They're they're just you know, they're just playing on a whole different level. I mean, we started talking about just now, like the secret menu too is part of that same psychological What is secret warfare. about a fucking secret menu? <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck is secret about the secret menu? That's like the, it's like Kaiser Soze from Usual Suspects. It's like, (laughs) there's nothing secret about this menu. It's true. If you tell them that the boogeyman exists, you know, like, you know, it's just, it doesn't, it's nothing, there's nothing special about the secret menu. (laughs) Because it's like, it's, yeah. But so they're purposely not putting it on the menu. They're not putting it on the physical menu at the restaurants, but they have it online. Too. And they're also saying that it's not secret. It's just how their customers like certain things. So they're all about making their customers no, happy. That does sound exactly like a like a robot would have <laughs> just, just like created a menu. 
for the record, I also think they should change all the customers that go to In and Out and order animal style, protein style, should change it to Psalm style. <laughs> Wrapping something in lettuce is not In and Out. They didn't invent that. Koreans <laughs> did. I, uh, I'll get down with a protein style on the side. Oh, on the side. Doesn't make you happy, though. You know what it does is like, it doesn't make me happy. But I'm like, can I get a second or third hamburger? No, but protein style, I can do one of those as a side <laughs> order, just as a side order, you know? Uh, I'm in awe of their ability to control people and their minds. And a secret menu, everybody knows about it. That is like the best calling card. It's like, again, a religion. It's if you tell somebody something doesn't exist and they tell you ahead of time that the enemy will tell you that somebody tells you this doesn't exist. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just unbelievable what they do with the secret menu. But this is this is like. Have I tried to emulate it? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is like Dave Chang has read Sun Tzu: The Art of War by In and Out and and applied <laughs> it to a certain thing called the Bosom at Mofuku. Like you did this exact move. I don't know what you're talking about. That's bullshit. <laughs> you created this exact move, man. Like, ex- do you have to explain this though? Like, no. You know our what I'm different. About. Our di- Our difference though is we made it. Uh, exclusive by not making it exclusive. It's like the twist on a secret menu by saying everything is, you can't make a reservation at a no reservation restaurant. But the loophole, <laughs> right? The loophole is if you order a specific dish, you can eat it at a specific time. Right. That circumvents, it's a, like a legit, it's like a logical tautology. And, and, those, and those specific times when you can order this dish also just happenstantially are the times when the restaurant is slower, I imagine. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Being only <laughs> able to make a post-op reservation at 10.30 p.m. seems like a little play out of the In-N-Out book there. But you also did the same shit where it's like, oh, the potato slicers in view, the, the French fry broilers in view. The bosom comes parading through the fucking restaurant so that every single person can lust after it. You love these guys. You love it and out. How do you not love I, it and out? I, I, what I'm trying to say is it is not as great as it seems, right? That's all. There's there's, hmm. mm. there's a little bit of Wizard of Oz. Well, not a little bit. A whole lot of Wizard of Oz stuff going on. And I admire it. I respect the game. On a positive, if you wanted to see literally America, like, if you wanted to show the world to an alien, what is the best slice of America? Not, mm-hmm. you know, I would send them to any in and out in America. <laughs> because of the cross-section they're going to get of customers? It is unbelievable. You could never create that kind of diversity. It is the most diverse restaurant <laughs> ever of all time. Right. I mean, it's like going to fucking the, um, what's the canteen in, in Tatooine? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Star like, Wars Cantina. Yeah, that's like yeah. the cantina in Star Wars. You see fucking everything. <laughs> Rogues and ruffians and criminals sitting side by I side mean, with Jedi. Every single kind of person is there. Every socioeconomic level, every kind of ethnic, everything is there. Mm-hmm. Also, you have to admire the price point. It's fucking infinitely cheap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very cheap. And everybody eats there. In and Out's actually one of the like. I feel like there's not a lot of fast food restaurants left where they have like actual partitions between the booths too, because they actually don't want you talking to each other. They know <laughs> nobody's going to get along in In and Out. Like everybody eats there, and nobody likes each other. But there's never a fight at In and Out. I I I have no idea, but I bet you that it's an extremely data-driven restaurant group company. There's no way that it's not. And I think that they probably encourage competition amongst the different in and outs by sharing sales figures or saying like, you know, they're, they're very Bill Belichick, right. like in terms of getting the best out of certain, you know, stores and regions, I, I, they have to be constantly sharing data amongst the stores and being like, well, you know, this, this place is uh, doing way better than you today. Cause they do <laughs> X amount of numbers. <laughs> God. I would hate to have In and Out as a dad. What? Uh, but does that what yeah. makes them basically In and Out is? <laughs> you're right. You're right. In and Out is actually the poster child for Tiger parenting, but masked in Americana of 1950s Americana nostalgia. But is that okay? So what makes them? Di- okay, there's no way you can tell me that McDonald's or Carl's Jr. or whatever are not data driven companies. What makes In and Out different in that way? 
they're just willing to do crazy plays like inefficiency in favor of bringing people in. Much like Moneyball, Chris Yang, they're willing to go all in on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure like the first suggestion for every new incoming in and out exec is like, what if we didn't do this French fry thing anymore? <laughs> They're just like, get the fuck out of here. You don't understand this company I, I, at all. I, I had a friend that told me that his brother worked there and he showed up 15 minutes early on his first day. And then another person that had only been there a couple weeks later that they found out told this person, if you want to be successful here, you're going to have to come a lot earlier than this. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay. And again, I spent so much time in and out. You know how hard it is to train a, 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 a kitchen crew, right? Inevitably in a very busy place, whether it's a, a three mission star restaurant or a place like In-N-Out, if you're busy, things hit the ground. Things hit the floor. I know I've talked about this before, but it's always unbelievable to me to see. And it happens a little bit less, I'll admit, and when I've visited In-N-Out, but it has happened regardless. Even if it happened once, it's astonishing to me. Mm-hmm. It is so fucking hard. To train a team when they turn around, they're mixing something or they're making something and they put it on a plate and they transfer it from point A to point B, inevitably something will drop on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know what happens in most restaurants? Hey, dumb, dumb, drop this. <laughs> or or mm-hmm. they don't even point it out. It's just on the ground. Like They're so apathetic. They're like, whatever, fuck this place. You know, mm-hmm. they don't say that or nothing. It's just, it's just so busy. You don't have the time to clean it up. You, you, yeah. Nothing happens. I've seen it where another person cleans up someone else's trash on the ground mm. and never says, hey, you dropped this. You, that's you know how wild. fucking mental that is? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like that is cult level shit, though, right? Like, that's crazy. That's like the, 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 the sub, subversion of your own ego. You've like created this like crazy team. That's wild. I, you know what? You know what? We could even say Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, <laughs> their entire playbook has come from in and out. I guess we could say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do remember growing up that like in and out would always advertise how much they were paying their staff to, which if I recall was like double what minimum wage was. So basically they were already telling the customers and any potential hires, like, we will treat you right. And so I guess by default, they end up getting that back in return. And as a perk, you get to wear one of those dope ass uniforms, which I continue to think everybody, whatever your body shape, ethnicity, <laughs> height, weight, everybody looks good in an in and out uniform. I'm just saying. Hats <laughs> the are hottest dope. take. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, I, I'm saying this too. Even their uniform, I think, is driven by data, right? Because what? Yeah. Is driven by it. You look, everyone looks good in a white uniform with a red apron. What data? Who came up with the goddamn safety pin as the oh. buttons? Interesting. Hmm. I can tell you again from some restaurant experience that I have that if you <laughs> s- supply your team with aprons, inevitably with the the, the the strings attaching it that tie it, they always fray, they always break, they always get thrown away. It's actually a, a shitty fucking uh, apron. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't last and it just looks bad. More importantly, it might last, but it starts to look bad. Mm-hmm. Red is chosen because it hides stains better than white. Two, that's money ball just in and of itself. Whether Ketchup people did and it tomato specifically. Yeah. Yep. Right? Two, Smart. they just bought a tablecloth <laughs> and you secure it with the biggest fucking safety pin you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> It's true. It's true. You eliminate the apron string, which is a problem. Yes. And you don't have, it's just like one side, it's just the tablecloth and whatever it takes to put this around you, use this paper clip. And the uniform's so bad that nobody's ever going to steal your your, your, your uniform. (laughs) I don't know. That sure looks comfy as hell, dude. It just (laughs) looks like there, no one's, no one's ever like dripping sweat like I would be. I just think it's a comfortable looking, looking thing. So all in, again, I don't, it's not... (laughs) I don't have the most compelling argument on anything that I'm saying, but it's like honestly stuff that I think about a lot. I do think that it is driven by data. I do think it's not nearly as American 50s nostalgia as people believe. I think it is a, I wouldn't say a ruthless organization, but they're way more competitive. They they use data. They do tiger parent their stores. I, I really believe that. And they're masters of manipulating their audience in a way that, 
transcends all like known ways of marketing people. It's fucking unbelievable. All right. So listener takeaway. I, I can't really tell if I'm listening to this and I'm like, ah, you know, I like in and out Some of the things I'm hearing from you, Dave, make me admire it even more. And I want to go eat some crisp lettuce <laughs> and juicy tomato right now. What's what's the advice? That's what I do? Well, no, let me just as two people that are born and bred on in and out Have you ever mm-hmm. thought to yourself after you've been into a do you, do you what is your order by the do you guys do single or double double animal style? What is it? I will do either. <laughs> This is just grotesque. I, I think that a, a single double double is not enough food, so I'll do two cheeseburgers. But that's on a fat day. A normal day, I'll do it. <laughs> I still will do a double double because in my head, it's the bread that's the problem. Uh, not animal style, chopped chilies and uh, regular raw onions. And then sometimes I'll do my little protein guy on the side. Mm. I'm a real classicist. I uh, like a number two. That's a cheeseburger with onions. Regular fries, add in a little bit of salt with a pink lemonade. And then I think more recently, I've been going into the side of pepper. So bite a little bit of the pepper, bite a little bit of the burger, and go back and forth between the two. It's a real weird move, but I enjoy it. I approve that. Have you ever been into this in and out thing and said to yourself, wow, that is such a juicy, delicious burger? Do you ever marveled at the ground beef? You're like, whoa. No, oftentimes the best bite of the burger is when the patty has not lasted all the way and all you've got left is like a perfect piece of bread with cheese and tomato and onion and lettuce and sauce. Like that's probably the best bite of the burger. It's like saturated. Several a bit. years ago, I think I went on somebody's podcast, I don't know who, and I talked about the fact that you could get a griddled tomato and they're making, they've been gaslighting me like it never fucking happened. <laughs> So this is classic. You did you did announce maybe on your own podcast that your burger of choice was no meat, grilled yes. tomato instead on a on a burger setup, cheeseburger and setup. And now you can't get it. And they're like, whoever the fuck said that? They're it's crazy. I, I mean, it's making me lose my mind. I feel like George Costanza in that time club. I swear to God, there was a party here last night. But that's that's interesting because like that to your point, it's like the meat is not the attraction. And whoever did this, they're so good at their organization. They've eliminated all those people that ever made griddled tomatoes sandwiches. <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> they're like, one guy was on to us, this tinfoil hat motherfucker. Yeah, this guy's us. gone. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I know it's just, listen, I think it's delicious. It has to be eaten in five to 10 minute range while it's still hot and cool and got texture and all these things. I've never once said the burger is what makes it taste good. The actual beef patty. Yeah. It just isn't. You can't do that with a McDonald's burger or any other burger that doesn't have the crispiness of the lettuce, the juiciness of the hottest tomato and all the other things. It just doesn't work. Yeah. I actually, it's very interesting because like, I don't, I don't know any people who are like diehard in and out fans who say, oh, my order is like plain burger, just ketchup, no lettuce, no tomato, no onion, like which like people would do elsewhere. Like the, the in and out sucks if it's just like meat and bread. Like that's not the a reason. Good the order. reason why they don't do that. Think about this. I think the competition to them is because it's a logistical pain in the ass mm. to constantly source perfect hothouse tomatoes, really perfect iceberg <laughs> lettuce. Okay, like that's a pain in the ass to always have on hand. Yeah, always. If it's not, it's the best version of that. It's never going to work. Hmm. It's never going to work. So it, it's an added cost. And then it's, again, another company that's like, this is added costs, but it's worth it because we're going to make it on the back end on everything else. But also perfect iceberg lettuce is probably cheaper than good beef. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I, have you ever had shitty lettuce at an in and out Hell no. 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 Never. Have you ever had less than the perfect platonic ideal of a hothouse tomato? No. Always have, perfect. You ever, have you ever had a shitty end, you know, a top or bottom end of tomato on a never happens. Mm. I've never had a, a tomato bottom. <laughs> oh my God. No, right? I, like I am starting to legitimately feel a little bit of that. Like conspiracy. This is how I get recruited into Dave's QAnon here. It's like, I'm like, <laughs> I haven't had a tomato bottom in and out before. What the it's fuck is going on there? fucking happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel myself being converted. Please somebody stop this. I hate this. So that's why if you get a grilled cheese animal style, and I mean, I mean literally, will you taste the difference that there isn't 
some fat, et cetera. Yes. I'm not saying it's the quote, it's like the perfect parallel analogy. You can just replace it. No. But if you do replace it, it's not like you're going to miss it. That's what I'm trying to say is the burger itself, the ground beef is not the central component of an in and out burger. It's everything else. The meat itself is like the throwaway. Right. It's like a BLT (laughs) is not improved by a patty. You know, it's like it it doesn't get better with that. It's interesting. I can't. So what, what am I supposed to do, though? Like I, the thing about it is like that's not worth sitting in line for 45 minutes to get a grilled cheese with griddled tomato that they won't make for me. Maybe that's your which, point. which is why that's why I haven't been eating it in and out, because it's just it's not worth the ROI for me to wait 90 minutes and be blown away by, like you know, 15 minutes later, a soggy fucking burger that I should have eaten dangerously while driving. <laughs> that's a whole other can know. of worms that we should unpack at some point is like what would be the ideal driving and eating food and part of me thinks it's a chinese takeout box what? part of me thinks that might be the way to do it Why? one hand on the wheel and just like i'm just i don't even look at my food when i'm eating normally out of a chinese food box i'm just you know <laughs> one handing it i don't no. know man i don't know no no i mean i you know I hear what you're saying, Dave. I would just be curious if you'd feel the same way if you grew up around an in and out, you know? So I think I, I think it comes with nostalgia and time. What, what I find a little bit uh, concerning, right, is that we need more people that are critical, that are skeptics of people that grew up in their own religion, right? I'm like paraphrasing the great academic philosopher Walter Kaufman of Princeton, who basically has said that about many religions. You guys are cult followers of the in and out religion and i'm worried about you i just got recruited into your new cult dave you can't make me question cults overall otherwise i'm gonna question the new cult that i just joined well because that's why i want to create out and in (laughs) (laughs) this is all been an Mm -hmm. ad for out and in Mm -hmm. (laughs) in and never out i mean i don't talk about the drinks like I, i don't have too much to say about the drinks oh i I actually, I'll give you my hot take. I think that one of in and outs smartest plays actually happens at the soda fountain. Uh, <laughs> as, as the uh, resident pink lemonade drinker here, if you take a look at the options on the actual soda fountain, there's obviously like Coke and 7-Up and stuff like that. But their non-carbonated drinks are like unsweetened iced tea, minute made, no sugar added lemonade, the yellow lemonade. And then in a separate, like, translucent bubbler, there's their pink lemonade. And to me, it's the most genius move to put the shittiest, shittiest lemonade humanly possible in their soda fountain next to their own pink lemonade. Because I'm convinced that, like, that is the ultimate sign of In-N-Out is superior to whatever else is out there. Well, we're going to using In-N-Out logic on that lemonade, Noelle. Why is it not freshly squeezed? <laughs> doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> it's so it's not like they don't understand this logic, yeah. right? Yeah. It right. doesn't make any fucking sense. That yeah. if you try to sell it's a, it's a very intentional mm-hmm. everything my entire argument is flimsy because it's only based on the french fry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I think Noel's thing is like what you're talking about there, their their soda fountain is one of your favorite things, Dave. It's like via negativa. They have their lemonade and they're like, you know what? We're not this other lemonade you see right here next to it. This is yeah. not who what we want, serve. Who wants the sugar free? I do. <laughs> like who, I, you're not drinking that thing. But I think the one thing we can all agree on though is that all of these intentional choices make In and Out such an interesting brand, right? Like forget about whether or not it's like the food itself is good or not. Everything is so smartly done. And I think that's what Dave's getting at or what, you know, he has been getting at for the past hour. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's what I mean. It is a, 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 a intensely data-driven restaurant that controls its variables extremely well. It's a fucking state-of-the-art logistics company. If you just think about all the fucking things that happen. It also is, un- it understands marketing why wouldn't they open up on the east coast why wouldn't they open up thousands of locations around the world it's because we want what we can't have keep you wanting Mm -hmm. and they you know the only way they go is like i think the furthest east is texas or colorado and i bet you that in corporate corporate headquarters like that was a fucking mistake 
<laughs> Let's go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. Close them down. Yeah. All right. You don't think about this. It's like we live in a world of capitalism where if you're not growing exponentially, you're done. How the right. fuck have they decided they, they grow without opening up hundreds of thousands of locations? Yet they, it's not like they don't. They do pop ups in Tokyo. Hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not, okay, so just like they're there, it's not like they can't make a better French fry. It's not like they don't know where the East Coast is. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to exactly. Exactly. It's like, what kind of fucking sociopath decides not to improve the French fry unless it's for a fucking reason? I mean, the same sociopath that quietly prints Bible verses inside of all its fast food packaging. Well, that's what I wanted to let you guys know, guys. The the, the, the Dave Chang Show is brought to you by John 316. (laughs) (laughs) The King James Version. (laughs) That being said, I I, I would probably eat at In-N-Out if it wasn't so long. You know, long and slow. If it's not out and in, it's long and slow. I've been eating more Habit burgers. I hate the branding on Habit. I think it's it's just not doesn't mm-hmm. like talk to me, but right. I do like the product. I do like the product of habit. I do enjoy it. I have been going to pie, I, I go to Pie and Burger, which is uh, mm-hmm. urban myth. Mm-hmm. What In and Out was based on, because I live in you know close to Pie and Burger, so it's not like there's, there's just a ton of burgers. So it's not like I'm craving In and Out like I used to. So, and I just might start out and in. I think that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Anyway, give us five stars, however you rate this. Join our Discord channel. And um, I, w- I, w- I want to meet people on Discord that actually are pro in and out French fry. Let us know. Identify yourself so we can ban you immediately. <laughs> Don't end up on that list. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>